breeze. Stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug King. Welcome to the GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. I'm Jerry Henry, again, sitting in for Doug King this week, who is still out with his uh, mother. His mother uh, did not have a full-blown stroke. She's recovered quite well, and he's uh, helping to take care of her. And then he has some issues that he's taking care of on his own. So I will be here again this week. Doug has told me that he will be here next week, so you'll get to listen to his kind voice instead of mine. Today I have a guest. Uh, Many of you know, probably some of the newer members may not recognize the name or may not understand the full force of what this gentleman has done for GeorgiaCarry.org, but I have Ed Stone with us, who was our first president of GeorgiaCarry.org and was very, very instrumental in getting Georgia Carry set up and getting the the original group of guys uh, together to form GeorgiaCarry.org. Most of what I know about GeorgiaCarry.org's history, I've learned uh, sitting white-knuckled on the passenger side of Ed's car when we were driving back and forth to uh, board meetings and things of that nature in the in the early days. So I'm going to invite Ed on here, and, and we're just going to talk a little bit about where we've been, where we, uh, how much uh, we've done, and how we continue to, to go and, and where we're headed. Ed Stone, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Jerry, and I'll tell you, it's a privilege and an honor to be uh, on the radio show with you today. <laughs> Thank you very much. And Jerry is I'll a pay, man. I'll that, pay you that $100 when you get out of here. <laughs> Jerry is a man that has my full admiration and support. Well, I thank you very much for that. You have mine as well. So now that we've got the hugging and kissing over with, let's start. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're describing some of the bad old days uh, when uh, Georgia Carey was a whole lot smaller, and, and mm-hmm. now we have you as executive director to get done a lot of the things that just weren't getting done back in those days. And I, I want you to know how much we appreciate your efforts. Well, I appreciate that. I, I will tell you and, and anybody listening that that it has been a real, real experience for me in several ways. Number one, um, <clears throat> I was about ready to retire when this opportunity came along. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not ever going to be able to make a mark that anybody's going to remember me for. And uh, I heard about Georgia Carey one night when Tim Bearden was introducing HB 89 back in uh, 2010. All right, was that 29? <clears throat> 2009. That's 2010, I believe. And uh, uh, House Bill 89 was before that. Oh, that's right. It's 2008. Yeah, maybe. 2007, maybe 2008. Seven, seven, eight. Yes, okay. Uh, so it's longer than I thought. Uh, but at any rate, I, I was walking across the floor and uh, heard in the background that someone was introducing a gun bill to get rid of the archaic laws, gun laws in Georgia, and it was Tim Bearden. And I sat down and wrote a letter to him, told him, or I sent him an email and said, I really, uh, really will support your bill, but I'd like to know what's in it. He sent me back a very short email the next morning that said, georgiacarry.org, go to these guys, they got the information. And I thought, what kind of guy is this? I mean, I asked him about his gun bill, and he sends me to some website that I've never heard of. So I clicked on the website 
and I noticed that the address was Fayetteville. I live in Fair, but that's right down the road. I hadn't heard of these guys. And I started reading the website, and I read for about five minutes, and I looked for a way to join. And I, that night, sent in my application along with my check. At that time, we couldn't do it over the Internet. And I uh, printed out about 25 applications. And everywhere I would go, when I'd pull up, I'd hand somebody an application and say, here, you need to support <laughs> these guys. And this is what they're doing. And I just told them what I knew about them and sent them to the website. So I was basically re- recruiting for Georgia Carey before I was actually a member. <laughs> but I believed in what was going on, and I could see what was happening. I was impressed with what I saw on the website. And it's just been a, uh, it, it's been a life-changing and, a, and really a kind of a, a great trip for me at this stage of my life. Well, Tim Bearden is uh, a legis- he was a legislator. He's, right. he's not now. Uh, but he was a, a true believer in the cause, did a lot for Georgia Carey. I think he was our first legislator of the he year. Was. And uh, just some background, House Bill 89 that, uh, that Jerry was discussing. It started out as a car carry bill. And some of the people who maybe are newer to Georgia or didn't pay a lot of attention back then may not realize how bad the law was in Georgia back at that time. And, and the law at that time said that if you had a weapon in a car, um, it either had to be fully open and exposed to view or it had to be um, in the possession of somebody with a license to carry. And what that meant is if you stuck your gun under the seat like a lot of people do and your wife, who maybe didn't have a license to carry, borrowed the car, she could go to jail. Uh, and open and exposed to view um, doesn't mean what you might think it would mean. The court cases said if you couldn't see it approaching from any window, for example, in a case where a police officer came to the driver's window and the passenger window and one officer could see it but the other could not, that weapon was not fully open and exposed mm-hmm. to view. The joke was you had to hang it from a lanyard on your rearview right. mirror and hope it didn't break the windshield that, and you slammed on the brakes. The, that's where that say came from. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but House Bill 89 morphed into much more, um, much more than that. Uh, that's the bill that uh, addressed restaurants uh, and, and a few other places off public limits like that, public transportation. Right. It, it ended up being a, uh, a rather large bill, caused um, a great deal of political flap and confrontation. Uh, people weren't quite prepared for a lot of what it did, I think, right. at the time. Uh, but it certainly uh, got legislation heading in the correct direction again because people forget that Georgia Kerry at that time excuse me, the state of Georgia at that time, had more places off limits to carrying a gun than any state in the nation. Right. And we were about 42nd most restrictive, I believe. And uh, in addition, things had been moving the wrong way. Right. Uh, bills prior to Georgia carry had actually restricted uh, the carry of firearms. They had made it harder to carry. They had raised the penalties. For example, car- example carrying in a school was a, a felony back then um that was a a negative change things were just headed in the wrong direction right right and i know that that hb 89 did have a big effect on on georgiacarry.org it had a big effect on uh how we were viewed downtown uh one of the things that georgia carry has always done that i've been proud of is the fact that that we treat all people like they're they're people they're doing their job when we go down and and talk to a legislator when we call them on the phone when we write them, we, we don't threaten them. We don't tell them how lousy a job they're doing. 
we realize that they have a job. And the best way for us to try to get our point across is to educate them as to why we feel the same way that we do. That's that's right on. The, the gun organizations that existed prior to Georgia Carey coming on board basically thought it was their job to chant and, and wave signs and call people names and yell at them. Um, mm-hmm. I remember a legislator presenting a letter to me, and it started with, You spineless bastard. Now, you're not going to influence somebody that way. No. Georgia Carey's well, approach has always been make a new friend. Right. And what that means is your state representative or your state senator should know you. They should know your face. They should right. know your name. And not only should they know you, they should view you as a friend. Right. And the reason is friends do things for their friends. That's correct. And so you, you're in a position of much more influence if you're – friendly with your legislators and i don't care if they're democrat or republican i agree or some other um you know i don't think we have any others in the georgia legislature but if we did the political affiliation shouldn't matter make a new friend and you have more influence well not only that there there are other things uh, in this world than gun gun rights and you may need those people as well so you don't want to upset the apple cart by calling them names because they didn't vote for your gun bill when you will need them to do something in your community or for you or, or health services or some of the other things. So we try to take the approach, again, that, that they have a job to do. Their job's not easy. Our job's not easy. And we try to find a middle ground where we can all come out at the same thing. So we, um, we have done that uh, very successfully, and we continue to do so. Uh, and I don't see that changing in the future, as a matter of fact. Well, I think it's bearing fruit already. If you look at the current crop of bills for 2017, mm-hmm. you'll see, you know, for example, the campus carry bill that was introduced this week, uh, House Bill 280. Right. The fifth signer as a co-sponsor is Vernon Jones. He's right. a Democrat, District right. 91. That's correct. Um, House Bill 292. Uh, this is basically a rehash of our prior House Bill 1060 that, that uh, Governor Deal vetoed. Um, you'll see again Vernon Jones, a Democrat, is a, is a co-sponsor on that. And although I don't have the names and lists of all the co-sponsors in front of me, I understand that we have some other Democrat co-sponsors on some of these bills as well. So, yeah. um, you know, don't come to us and say, I can't make a new friend right. uh, because my legislator is a Democrat. Well, those are the very people we should be trying to convince. That's if, correct. If your representative or senator is already fully on board and is a member of Georgia Kerry and is pushing these things, well, that's great. Uh, and it's easier to be friendly with somebody like right. that. But we, we need the people who are going to vote no. And those On are the people side. that we need you to be friendly with because right. those are the people that need to be influenced. That's correct. And those are the ones that will be harder to influence. But if you do influence them, normally if you make a friend like that, they will be your friend for quite some time to come. Uh, we're going to come back in a few minutes and, and – uh, we may talk a little bit more about the history of Georgia Gary. We've got a long list of gun bills. Some of them we went over last uh, week, and we're going to go over the ones that we didn't. We may touch a little bit on the ones that we did and uh, go from there and explain where we stand, why we stand, etc. cetera. And uh, before I get out of here, I failed to mention that our, uh, the gentleman running our board today is a fellow by the name of Marshall Parker, who just happens to be a GeorgiaCary.org member. So we have a full GeorgiaCary.org program today. Welcome back to GeorgiaCary.org radio with Doug King. We're back at the GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. 
this session we're going to talk about uh, some of the gun bills and what we think about them and, and whether uh, you need to worry about any of them. Some of so, them you, you absolutely do not need to worry about. Break out your pen and paper and take some <laughs> notes. First one is HB10. We've all heard of that one, I'm sure, Mary Margaret Oliver's attempt to to ban AR-15s and AK-47s and anything that looks similar to them. Uh, that bill is not going to go anywhere. We've probably spent more time talking today and last week than it'll be talked about in the House. It is a good reminder, though, as demographics change in Georgia and politics change, what we have in store for us in the future. Yes, it is. Uh, next bill is HB 11. That's uh, Keisha Waits bill to uh, require you to complete a safety training course prior to getting a carry license. Um, I don't expect that to go very far because it was introduced before any of the other bills, and it's still waiting its first reading. It has no other sponsors, so I doubt seriously that that, that will go anywhere. The first big bill, I guess, uh, that, that could mean something is HB 156. And that is the um, the Constitutional Carry Act of 2017. Uh, it's got some uh, nice sponsors, and basically what it says is that it's gonna it, it's gonna make in reality the Georgia weapons license optional. If you want one so that you can have reciprocity with other states then you can go get one. Otherwise, you would not be required to have a license to carry either openly or concealed in the state of Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure that this is the bill to get it done uh, because of some of the approaches it took. Uh, For instance, the definition of a lawful lawful weapons carrier. I don't know. Do you think that might be creating another class of citizens? How do you prove yourself to be a lawful license carrier? I mean, I, I don't know. But to me, this bill and, and the, the one we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, would it be easier to say that than take 17 pages to do it? Wouldn't it be easier to just say the license is optional? It, it makes some significant changes, and I'll be clear, I, I I support those changes, Jerry. I think you do, too. But um, I, I'm not sure it's been as well thought out as perhaps some other options to pursue it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, we support it. I'd like to see the license get be done away with. But the way this bill is, uh, and the way the other one is, too, basically it's a, it's a, $7, a year life, uh, $7 a year savings because you don't get any additional places to carry. It does not address places off limits. And if, if it did that, then it would be a great bill, in my opinion. But I don't have a problem with doing away with that, and that is one of our ultimate goals. Uh, the next one is uh, House Bill 232. Uh, that requires proof of training um, unless certain classification. You've got to prove that you're a peace officer, serving active duty, serving active reserve component, farm safety instructors, a long list of, of things that it has to. And this one is, uh, whereas uh, Kaisha Waits was not applicable to renewals, this one is applicable to Georgia Weapons License Renewals. Uh, and um, we, as we have always said, we will we strongly oppose that bill because uh, we support and recommend all voluntary training that anyone can get. Get training, get please. Get training. But uh, 
we don't want state-mandated training. We don't want the state to tell you what you need. You know more what the state does than anybody else. I had this debate with somebody online recently, and, and um, if you look at states with training, even gun-friendly states, let, let's take Texas, for instance. Texas has less than 4% of its population in possession of firearms licenses. You compare that to Georgia, where it's about 10%, or Alabama, where it's about uh, a little more than 12 almost 13%. And, and you can see the impact of training uh, as, a, as a mandatory requirement for applying on getting a license. Due to the cost of the training and the time the cost, required, et cetera. The, the time, uh, the extra it's hurdles to, you have to jump and through. And the time to take off work to go get the training. And it has time. to be certain, uh, a certain type of training. Right. You know, for instance, you've, you've been with my two teenage boys. Um, right. They are fully trained, yeah. but they haven't had any of the actual training that that any of these bills are proposing. Right. Um, and so uh, the other thing is there's no evidence that shows that there are less mishaps or accidents by carriers in states that have training. Right. What we do know is that um, the number of carriers has an impact on crime. Uh, John Lott has put that work together more than once. Right. Um, and therefore, if you have one-third the number of carriers, for example, in Texas as compared to Alabama, uh, with the only difference really being training, uh, I think that that has a negative impact on uh, public safety. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, and, and like I said, a lot of times people don't understand about the the time that you have to take off. There's not a training course going to be open every day of the week on every corner. And so you can't just go anytime you want to and get training. And some of those states, I know people have had to wait in Texas for like three or four weeks just to get into a course. So you get into the course, then you take the course, then you have to go apply for your license, and you're now you're looking at uh, two or three months before you can get your license, and that, that's just not a good thing. The other thing is that, um, just like with a driver's license, if a state trains you and they give you a piece of paper that says you know what you're doing, then why should I ever get any more training? Well, the, the other thing is, uh, you know, this training... If it's really about public safety, I mean, come on. House Bill 232 does not require live firing. Right. You know, what, are we really engaging in firearms training at that point if you've never even fired a gun, right. but you have this certificate saying it says you're had trained. the government-approved training? Yep. Well, they, did, they do have to tell you how to fire the gun in the training. They don't have to, they don't have, to have you do it, but they have to to have it in there all right let's move on to a good bill <laughs> we've got a new one this week yes sir we got several new ones in fact uh hb 280 which is uh campus carry mandy ballinger uh is the sponsor of that and those are that this one's signed on by some pretty high-powered people including vernon jones uh and there are many others on here i uh, saw a copy of the or i saw a picture of the bill and uh they were signed on the pages. They yes, if anybody at the Georgia General Assembly is listening, please, please make it so that more than the first six co-sponsors show up online. You, you literally have to go down to the clerk's office right. and take a picture to find, find out who else is uh, a co-sponsor. But this bill has a lot more co-sponsors than the first half yes, dozen. Yes, it did. Uh, and, you know, with Mandy Bounder, Alan Powell, John Meadows, Rick Jaspers, uh, that's, some, that's some pretty good gun people that are going to – uh, that are pushing this bill. Now, this bill uh, is a little bit different from last year's bill in that... Only a little. Only a little. 
but the the difference does not make a significant difference in where you can carry on campus, in my opinion. Uh, that is that you can only carry up to the guard door of a daycare center. Now, most, uh, I think Lori Geary did a survey last year after campus carry failed or during the campus carry yes. and found out that somewhere in the neighborhood of 92, 3, 4%, somewhere in there, of the daycare centers were inside the dormitories. Now, now the so reason that's that was important, already off limits. Right. The, the bill last session said that uh, student housing on campus right. was off limits right. to carry. So right. while students could carry on campus, they could not carry into student housing. That's so correct. if the daycare's in the student housing, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change. It was change. off limits anyway. So, uh, and this stops it at the door. Apparently, from what I understand, the daycare centers on the campuses have a guard door to protect the children from being kidnapped or, you know, because they got large numbers of children in there. They don't want them kidnapped. They don't want them uh, picked up by the wrong person, that sort of thing. So uh, that's basically the difference between the two bills. So for those not familiar, though, uh, with last year, um, this bill would permit a licensed carrier to carry concealed on campus, but not within uh, a building used for athletic sporting events right. or student housing right? Um, or the, uh, the preschool uh, spaces is what the new one here right. is in this, right. in this bill. Right. And, and people, there are people legitimately criticizing those. I think those places should be places where I a person too. could carry. But you can't carry there now. That's correct. So, so this bill gives up nothing while moving the ball forward so that there are places you can carry That's now a, a woman – a female student uh, walking home at night from class at Georgia Tech or Georgia State or from the library right. could carry her gun home to off-campus housing. Well, one of my examples that I give, we're right across the street from Georgia Tech here. Yes, we are. And if I'm walking down the street and I turn to go into some piece of property, which one did I turn on? Did I, am I on public property or am I on college property? Well, and Jerry, I'm you, need to, firearm, you need to carry a map with I you. I need to carry a map <laughs> and I need to carry a, a beeper with my GPS to tell me that I'm somewhere that I'm not supposed to be because there's no way of knowing. And by the way, the law makes a prima facie case based on the map they have, so that's, that's not correct. a joke. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I agree. So uh, it gives a, it would give us that much more that we don't have. Is it the bill that we would love? No. The bill that we would like would strike all the firearms bills and or all the firearms laws in Georgia, but that's not going to happen. And this is another step in the right direction. So uh, Georgia Carey strongly supports that, and uh, uh, we're coming up to break here. Uh, we will talk about uh, a few more of the bills in the next session, and uh, we'll be b- right back with you. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug King. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Uh, Jerry Henry here with uh, Ed Stone. I'll remind you once again that Doug's not with us this week, but he says he will be back next week, so we'll see how that goes. We miss you, Doug. We sure do. Uh, we're going I imagine the listeners do, too, quite frankly, <laughs> but, but uh, we'll slip by that one. At any rate, uh, we're going to continue on with some of the uh, legislation that dropped this week, HB 286. That is another camp, uh, another permitless carry bill. 
Well, it is, and uh, but if I could point out something about it, it's uh, the sponsor's Heath Clark. That's he, correct. He sponsored bills like this before, and I have to say, um, uh, no offense, but the prior ones seem to be not very well this thought is, out. This is the best one he's put out. This so far. bill appears to be very different, very well thought out. Um, the structure of the bill, you know, I'll just give one example. It seems to work very well. House Bill 286 does work very well with, for example, the bill we were just discussing before the break. House Bill 280. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it wouldn't change anything related to House Bill 280. Right. Uh, in other words, both could pass uh, and they wouldn't interfere with each other. Right. Uh, it also appears that he has lined up co-sponsors on this that uh, matter. And I don't mm-hmm. mean to say that any, any co-sponsor matters, of course. But as you know, uh, co-sponsors who are uh, in, in leadership, uh, they right. matter more. They do. They do. That's, that's true. And we have Alan Powell on here who is the chairman of the Public Safety and Homeland Committee uh, House uh, Committee. Eddie Lumsford, who is the vice chairman of that one, I believe. Rick Jaspers, who has carried our bills for the last couple of years. He's uh, um, He's on that education. He's chairman of that educating committee. And he's also, I believe he's still on the the Homeland Security uh, Committee as well. Uh, So... These guys do pull a little bit of power behind them. If, they, if they're if they trying to push a bill, then it has a much better chance of going than someone. And as much as I would love to just go in the code and just repeal every statute that mentions a firearm mm-hmm. and just have no, no criminal laws applicable to me when I, when I exercise my right to bear arms, the likelihood of that sort of bill passing isn't high. No. This one doesn't do that. Uh, no. For example, it doesn't repeal 1611-126, which is the the statute that says basically – What you can do without a license. Uh, correct. Or, and, and what you can do with a license. And, and it also um, – that's also where the state preemption law comes in is 126. And other bills have um, have just said, we'll just repeal that. And I like that, but it's not going to fly this session. Uh, this bill simply makes some changes to it, um, and it makes changes to some other code sections without intruding into any of the areas uh, where opponents are likely to – and by opponents here, I mean people that would otherwise be friendly to this notion who are going to say, oh, wait a second, but, you know, we're going to have – Unlicensed people carrying on, for example, a college campus. Mm-hmm. This bill doesn't interfere with any of that stuff while generally getting rid of the license requirement to carry concealed or openly altogether. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things, though, with repealing 126 is that you, uh, we would not have a reciprocity law anymore. Uh, you, you, that is where the reciprocity is located. And that's so right. If, we, if you Let's do not the whole talk thing, about the other that's, bill. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's a bad thing. But you're right. This bill, and that was the first thing that, that it struck my attention when I saw it, was this bill is much better thought out and makes more sense to me this than bill, um, the other bill that, that we mentioned with the other bill, lawful weapons carrier. This bill uses that terminology, but it defines it. And in this bill, in House Bill 286, it discusses a lawful weapons carrier as a person who is eligible for a weapons carrier license. Right. right. So, um, but at any rate, we, and we support this bill, and uh, we'll continue to support that bill. Uh, and as I say, we, we, I need to congratulate Heath for getting a, a well-thought-out bill this time. Uh, HB 292. Um, 
This is basically what we had last year with HB 1060 that was vetoed by the governor uh, because it uh, it treated churches as uh, private property, which everybody knows they are, but that's why we lost the bill, supposedly. So basically, if you go back and read what we had last last year on HB uh, 1060, it's uh, the same basic thing, with the exception of churches. Uh, one of the things it does is allow people that move into Georgia who have a, resist, uh, a license from a reciprocal state to carry on that license for 90 days, uh, where right now if they come in and get a driver's license, their other license is no good, and then they have to wait up to 45 there's a, there's days. There's a gap when they when They, they apply. may have to wait up to 45 days, depending on whether in Fulton County or one of the other counties uh, that don't respond as quickly. It's one of the number one complaints we receive at Georgia Carey. It's like, well, you know, what happens here? My, my, I've right. established residency. My license right. is no good. I've applied for a Georgia license, but I'm waiting on it. And yesterday, I could carry in this state just like you can. I got my driver's license. Now I can't. So I've lost my rights basically overnight. So that's one of the good things. It prohibits the judge or the probate court from uh, suspending the processing of an application or extended delayed uh, of time requirements uh, and the purpose for that is that just so the judge can't say well set it over in a stack and move on they have to have a good reason for stopping it um, the uh, law enforcement has 10 days to report to the probate judge any findings that may bear upon the uh, the issuance of a GWL which means that instead of you having to wait uh, for um, 30 days then you, it's only a 10-day wait. Um, another one of the big complaints we get is I got married. My wife's uh, license is no good. She can't get her name changed on it. So some counties have said that, well, she's, she has to go through the whole process again. Even though she got a valid license, it's only six months or a year old. She has to go through the whole process, be re-fingerprinted, and pay the whole 75 or 80 dollars to get her name changed on her license this would allow for a name change on any license uh, a name change due to marriage or uh, an address a change of address which is another thing we've never had if you change addresses then your license stays at the old address and there's been no way to, to change that this would allow the probate judge to issue or reissue you a new license under a new name or a new address for uh, the prescribed fees in the code section, which right now is $6. And that has, we've had a couple of people that have really had a problem with that over the marriage uh, thing. Uh, we define the term commercial airport. We define the term major airline carrier. And part of the reason for that is the the judge up in Rome, I believe. Yep. Uh, they, um, the the little municipal airport they have up there, they call it a commercial service airport because they have uh, airplanes coming in and out and they uh, they sell peanuts and coffee. If I'm not mistaken, that's what John said. So uh, this this says what it is. John is uh, John Monroe, the vice president of Georgia Carey, and he has um, he he's one of the very early. Uh, uh, members of Georgia Carey. In fact, he was uh, a member uh, and board member and officer before it was uh, incorporated, right. and uh, and he has handled a majority of the 
the corporation's legal work, including uh, suing uh, up in Rome when they were keeping uh, armed uh, people out of the airshow yeah, wings, wings over, over North North. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it also provides for a path for a person who has been involuntarily hospitalized to apply for restoration for their rights, uh, which uh, if they're no longer – they no longer have those problems there's no reason why they shouldn't be allowed to do that and a big thing that i'm told by uh, several of the legislatures that people have really been concerned about and and i know people who have this same concern provides that any instructor who lawfully instructs educates or trains a person in the safe proper technical use of a firearm shall be immune from civil liabilities for any injuries caused by the failure of such person to use such firearm properly or lawfully. There's a lot of trainers who have uh, who have been very concerned that they would be sued if they train somebody how to use a firearm, and then the guy goes out and robs a bank. And so this prohibits them from doing something like that. Uh, just makes it a little bit easier for the guy that's that's uh, training, and it uh, it gives them a little more. Uh, a little bit better feeling when they get up in the morning and go to work. Uh, we've got a couple other bills. We're we're coming up on a break here shortly. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Senate bills coming up, and we will discuss those. And uh, then uh, Ed and I will talk a little bit more about the early history of Georgia Carey, and we'll tell you how to how to join. And and in fact, uh, anytime you're sitting around near a computer and you want to know about GeorgiaCarey.org, our website is our name, GeorgiaCarey.org. Uh, you can go there. You can see everything that we've posted. We post uh, current news. All these bills that we're discussing are there under current bills. Uh, you can join. It, membership's $20 a year. You can join for multiple years, or you can pay $500 and become a lifetime member. Uh, there are several things that you can do. It's a very good website. It's very informative. Our uh, frequently asked questions are a big hit for everybody. So go check out georgiacarry.org. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug King. Welcome back. This is our last section here with uh, of the show today with uh, Ed Stone. And uh, we're finishing up on the bills. There are some uh, some bills that, are, that we discussed last week that we're not going to really talk about again. Uh, we're going to run over some of these uh, Senate bills that, that are trying to take your rights away. Uh, SB 84 um, is a Senate bill by Lester Jackson and signed by all Democrats. Uh, it would repeal the portion of HB 60 that says that government entities, when they confiscate firearms, have to resell them. Now, obviously, they don't have to because the city of Atlanta's got... How many? How many thousands? Who knows? The, the law says they have to. The city the of Atlanta is to. just fragrantly disobeying. That's the correct. Law. So this would this bill would would repeal that portion of HB sixty and allow the city to hang on to them for the rest of their lives. SB ninety one uh, transfers or purchase of firearms subject to NICS uh, require judicial review. Basically, if you read this bill. Uh, at first, it took me a while to figure out what they're, they're saying, but what they're doing is trying to put 
on like a no-fly, no-buy list. If you're tagged, if your record is tagged for you to be under a judicial watch, they suspect you may be a terrorist or something along those lines, then you can't go to an FFL and buy a firearm legally. And this is without due process. This is without due process. You won't have a way to challenge being on the list. You may not even know you're on the list until you try to buy a firearm. That's correct. And that's... That's, uh, as you say, it's doing away with our due process and saying everything's okay. You trust the government. It's a fundamental uh, right in this country that you have notice and an opportunity to be heard when the government takes an adverse action against you. And we shouldn't be supporting any law that would take that right away. That's correct. Next one is SB 92. This would repeal the portion of uh, HB 60 that prohibits law enforcement officer for detaining you for the sole purpose of determining whether you have a valid GWL or not. Now, just being up front, this bill has about zero chance of passing. That's correct. But, As do the others we've talked about in the Senate. But think about what this means for your opponents in the General Assembly when they uh, become the majority. That's correct. This bill says this bill would say that if a police officer sees you with a firearm, that police officer can detain you. And keep in mind what detain means. Mm-hmm. It means use force. It means you are not free to leave. Uh, it, it means they can handcuff you, set you on the curb, disarm you. Uh, let's remember the way it was in the bad old days before GCO. Mm-hmm. We had members who were uh, stopped in the street at gunpoint, laid face down on the sidewalk, uh, merely because they were peacefully walking down the sidewalk with a holstered pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what that bill seeks to return. I, I ask you to imagine what your day would be like walking down the street if you encounter six different police officers at six different times between the grocery store and home yes. who see your pistol and decide to detain you using, of course, whatever force is necessary. If you're uh, detaining an armed person that you suspect is right. committing a crime, then the police officer has to take uh, measures to protect himself. Correct. This is a very dangerous bill for uh, the members of Georgia Carey. That's correct. And the last one is SB 30, 135. And uh, this would prohibit the portion of HB 60 that allowed us to carry into government buildings. Uh, it's obvious that uh, that the progressives are just trying to chip, chip, chip well, away at our— This addresses a real problem. Uh, the Georgia Carey members have been going in and shooting up government buildings, yeah, right? of course. Oh. Uh, that's the way I heard it. I mean, no, it, it, we haven't been, but— they kind of suspect that we will at any time. And that's not yeah. what it's about. What it's about is we don't like it. We wish to exercise control over you, citizens, that's and that's what this bill is about. That's correct. Now, we've got a few minutes left here. We've got about six or seven minutes left, and and uh, we've talked a little bit about Georgia Carey. And I wanted Ed to kind of go back over how we originally, how he and the original uh, five or six members came up with Georgia Carey, how they met, and where it went from there i think he can do it in that amount of time (laughs) well uh you know at the time this was 2005 2006 and we uh we didn't have you know there were some gun groups that were doing things in georgia um, but uh, they weren't addressing the things that we thought were important for example at the time georgia had more places off limits to carrying a gun than any other state people who carried openly were in constant fear of being detained at gunpoint um by a nervous police officer, uh, and uh, we had problems even with probate judges issuing licenses. We had uh, It was not unusual to wait six months for your license, and we had one member who waited, I believe, two years. 
And so uh, there were just a number of things that needed to be addressed. There were various people who were trying to work on this individually and were getting nowhere. Um, I simply invited five people I knew who were working on these matters, trying to do things, and were spinning their wheels to the back of a Shoney's. Uh, <laughs> we had breakfast on a Saturday morning. There, there, there was a room in the back that we, uh, we took, and later a, a prayer group came in, and they were holding, they had a sermon going on and the whole thing, so there were two very different <laughs> meetings going on there. But we sketched out on the napkin what we'd like to accomplish, what we'd like to do, and the, and the methods and goals for getting there. And, and those were it's a three-pronged approach, education, legislation, and litigation. The education, of course, is just letting people know, educating them on the facts. And the biggest thing was convincing people that there even was a problem because the perception, right. while we had more places off limits to carrying a gun than any state in the nation, the perception was Georgia is a Second Amendment friendly right. state. Gun friendly state. And I had written articles comparing, you know, Georgia's places off limits to California's, for instance, or Oregon's, you know, people, places people consider, oh, that's an anti-gun state, mm -hmm. but you're much freer to carry your gun with a license in California and without a license in Oregon than you are in Georgia. And that's true even today, but it was so dramatically true back in those days that it made for a good conversation point. Uh, but we decided to try and address all of these things. Um, and uh, very soon, uh, you know, some of the people that are even with Georgia Carey now came on board. You know, a, a very good addition was John Monroe. We mm -hmm. mentioned him uh, mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, he and I had filed a lawsuit before Georgia Carey was anything more than an unincorporated association against the um, probate judge who was at that time president of the Probate Judges Council uh, for violating the um, – the Federal Privacy Act and demanding Social right. Security numbers and for um, refusing to issue a temporary license. Uh, keep in mind, though, the law required temporary licenses, but probate judges at that time had an attitude of, we can do what we want. Yeah, we don't care. They didn't follow the timeline. They wouldn't issue temporary licenses. And uh, we even had one probate judge say, so sue me. And, you know, we did. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so, but he probably yeah. hadn't said that since, has he? <laughs> <laughs> but Jerry, just remember what it was like back then. A probate judge is not following the law. Right. You couldn't carry to a public gathering. What was a public gathering? Well, it consisted of, but is not limited to. <laughs> he listed government, six locations. <laughs> government buildings, sporting events, uh, churches, um, uh, Political rallies. Political rallies. Gov Did I say government buildings already? Yeah. Many of the places that were uh, involved bars, in, in the Cam Camilla Massacre of 1868. Right. Let's remember where this right. law came from. Right. But it wasn't just carrying at those locations. It was carrying to or while at. Right. And case law had said that leaving it in your gun off-premises up to 200 yards away was still violating the public gathering law. Right. And nobody knew what that public gathering law right. meant. It was ambiguous on on. on purpose. Right. I had a police officer tell me it's wherever there are more than 15 people, say, at a McDonald's gathered together. And, and so nobody knew what it meant. You were right. always in danger of being arrested. Uh, and, and, you know, think about what no, any place that served alcohol, which meant if you took your wife for a date anywhere but McDonald's, right. and, and some wives don't like McDonald's for, say, an anniversary dinner. Yeah, some um, yeah, You couldn't have your gun even in the car. And, and that applied to the people who worked there, yeah. uh, the, the manager who carries out money at the end of the night, the, 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 uh, the young waitress right. who has to go out in a dark parking lot after they're closed. Um, and so uh, Georgia just had some things that needed to be addressed. And uh, and so that's what George Carey was formed for. Uh, and after the 
uh, lawsuit against the probate judge where we won. Mm -hmm. Uh, The judge was forced to issue a temporary order. Uh, And the Department of Public Safety, by the way, we finally got to remove um, the requirement of uh, on the form for a Social Security number. And we got them to remove from the form the requirement that you disclose your um, place of work and contact number because mm-hmm. some people don't necessarily right. want a phone call to their boss saying, right. hey, this guy's getting a right. firearms license. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then uh, we began pushing for House Bill 89, which we had mentioned right. earlier. That was uh, finally signed into law in 2008. But uh, but that's the bill that really got right. Georgia Kerry on the map right. and, and pushing forward. And, again, it was through this process of education. Right legislation and litigation when and where necessary right. and that and that process of education by the way is for georgia carry members um, you need to go out if you're a georgia carry member if you're listening to this and and your state representative and your state senator don't know you by face and name you need to meet them you need to make sure that happens take them to lunch sure. take them to breakfast get a cup yep. of coffee sit down and talk with them and just make a new friend don't beat them over the head Make a new friend so that you can have the sort of influence that people have with their friends. Well, we're winding out. I wish we had a whole lot more time to talk about that. We After that, though, we had uh, SB 308, which did away with the public gathering. We also had HB 60 that gave us a whole lot more places, and then we've had a couple of cleanup bills since then. Uh, we're coming down to the end of our, our show again today. I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can join there for $20 a year. It'll be the best $20 a year you've spent to retain your gun rights in years. Uh, Right now, I'm uh, Jerry Henry uh, with Ed Stone, and we've had a great day today, and see you next week. You've been listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.